Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome to this quantum conversation. As we know, we the people are disclosure. And my guest today is a pioneer and someone who truly is on the pulse of this whole conversation of ETs, uh, life outside of this planet. In my mind, there's nothing but. How could there be? Let's welcome this wonderful researcher, Mary Rodwell, the alien lady, here to Quantum Conversations. Hi, Mary. Uh, Hi, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me. So I kind of played and had a little fun with that, but this is actually serious work because the experiencers that you work with and and you teach others how to deal with experiencers, because this is um, reality, a remembrance coming forward from so many individuals. And so let's start there. It's wonderful that you have done this research over 3000 hours Wow, or 3,000 cases. And the thing for me, Lauren, that's so significant is how many of them have the same kinds of patterns of experience. It's not, you know, they're all very, very different. In fact, it's quite different to that. It's, it really is that there's so many um, patterns of experience that I, that in fact um, is why I made up my questionnaire is not your standard questionnaire it's not one that's just about have you seen a craft um you know uh did you have a strange experience experience at night it goes into the knowings the sensings the feelings that come with having an experience like this and being aware you're different and why you're different so it's looking into all of those other parts of us that we don't normally acknowledge, which is our multidimensional side, you know, that most people are afraid of talking about, oh, well, how can you mention a sense or a feeling or a knowing? Well, actually, that is part of, that is significant part of who you are and, and your, an explanation of why you're different. Yes, and so you've done research and I wanna show your book. It is The New Human. And it's quite extraordinary because it goes into cases of stories like this. So we're going to go into some of them because it really is fascinating. But from the get-go or from the outer picture, when you look at this, there's nothing but, I mean, this is real, right? And so how do you bridge this world of uh, people who still question this? Or do you just not deal with them? I think it very important to question everything that you know is going on in our world because there are many things that actually are not accurate not true and it's very much about trusting your discernment with your reality um because again we're not always taught the truth but how do you bridge a a gap between the left brain analytical side and the 3D world that says nothing's real unless you can touch it, feel it, see it, hear it, etc. 
and your multidimensional one that is actually giving you information that you can't quantify in the same way. But what I say to people is you have an ability to have a resonance to a truth. How is it that, you know, sometimes you'll hear a bit of information and it makes absolute sense and yet you've got no way necessarily of, of quantifying that. What is it that gives you that knowing, that sense? And we all have this. And this is what has been denied us in our 3D world, our 3D programming. And now science is finally coming to the party and explaining the multidimensional consciousness of humanity through the quantum hologram. And it's saying that all of that can be explained through this particular model of science. And that's now what many scientists are doing when it comes to people who've had near-death experiences, for example, out-of-body experiences, feel they're astrally traveling, um, feel you know remote viewing. All these things now are coming to the fore. And the science uh, now, the scientists are saying, well, that maybe there's integrity to this after all. Maybe we can actually allow people to explore what we call our intuition, the precognition where you just know events before they occur, for example. How is it that people can heal people by through energy and they see the effects of that, even though it's not tangible in the way that we understand? We now have technology that is proving this by you know, people saying, well, I see orbs around me. And then we've got photographs, digital photographs where the orbs are there. We've got video showing this. I've got video um, because a lot of people do crystal healing and work with crystals and, and talk about how they can expand energy. And this video that I've got from a scientist in England, for example, Dr. Harry Oldfield, where his software can show the non-physical world, the energy fields, and he actually has sent me video where you see in this crystal, this essence or light or intelligence coming out the crystal and then going back in again. So we are getting the tangibility now. But prior to this, everyone has either said, oh, they either want to believe you because you seem to have integrity or you seem to be pretty grounded. But this is your experience. But now we're having technology that is actually proving to us that this is a reality. And for, for many people, they need that. But it's still, you know, part of us, there is that knowing that knows this as well. And I think this is what is really important in all of this, is that knowing. That, that makes absolute sense. Well, you know, what's really fascinating is that people do remember. There's many, many, many people calling themselves star seeds. And when we, you were talking about remote viewing, we can literally go and um, remember ourselves in the stars if we go deep enough. And I find that so fascinating. So when you look at the multidimensionality of this, um, there are other realms. There's the realms of physical and non-physical. So are we all part of that as well? Can you shed light on your perception of it? Laura, it's a very good question. But um, the, what I, I actually say to people, first of all, is that everything that we experience is, is part of our consciousness, whether it's physical or non-physical. 
Um, the interesting thing with the intelligences we interact with, whether you see them as angelic or you see them as elementals, fairies, spirit guides, non-human intelligences, I believe they're all part of this um, consciousness that we all have, that we interact with them. And it's not all physical. It's interdimensional, extra-dimensional, trans-dimensional. And some of them are visitors from our future, for example. So what we've got to, um, and, and for me, where has been the evidence of that is because when I've worked in hypnosis and people have gone into other dimensions through hypnosis, parallel universes, other timelines, for example. So I could say to myself, oh, well, can't believe that because it's too hard for me or honor the fact that this is what that person is experiencing through that process. And, and the interesting thing is when people say to me, well, what's the difference? How do you know it's real against um, an imaginary creative experience? And I'll say most people that um, have these experiences do not even have that as a concept in their logical left brain mind. So they're as stunned um, as I am hearing what they're saying. They say to me, it's not even part of my belief system and yet they've experienced it. So what do you do with that other than say, there must be something real and tangible here. Otherwise, why would I've gone there? Why would I have had that experience which is so way beyond my normal understanding? And that is, that is really, really important. Isn't that amazing then? So when you've had these cases and you've done this hypnotherapy and in this book, The New Human, there are many stories that are really astounding. What are some of the stories that have come to you to be incredible? I mean, we've got everything from, you know, I mean, we're not going to go anywhere that frightens people, but um, just as there are different stars and galaxies in our universe and universes, that's the different beings that are there. And so when we have memories of Lemuria, are there many different truths? Have you seen different truths, different sides of stories that come through? And does that mean that there are many different truths and timelines? I think there are many timelines. We have parallel universes. We have dimensions. When you are talking and, and why I've mentioned so many stories of the younger generations is because there's no front loading with them. They haven't read books on this. They haven't watched TV programs. They may only be six or seven or eight when they talk about um, coming from other planets. For example, when you have a nine year old explaining to you that this is his first human incarnation that he came from a planet where he was a blue being, actually draw, drew the blue being, for example, and talking about his mission on this planet, which was to do with being, he called himself a center seed, which is connecting to the center of the planet and dealing with pollution, for example. Now, you've got to say to yourself, now, where is that coming from? When you have an eight-year-old who was so excited to tell me that she'd gone on a craft a few days prior to talking to me, and saying, Mary, they took me to a planet and they showed me how to levitate and use my psychic abilities. And then they were showing me um, how they do various um, manipulation of different hybrid species and what have you, showing me what they do, for example. Now, this is concepts 
that you are not expecting from an eight-year-old, for example. And the fact that they want to share it and talk to you, not necessarily, not only their parent, but actually wanting you to hear them and to be believed. This is what, uh, to me, gives so much tangibility when you've got these children coming out with these concepts and explaining to you um, things that, you, you know, a teenager would struggle to even find the words for. There is, and this is conscious, this is not hypnosis. This is them saying, this is my reality and I know I'm not from here. You know, um, this young man told me that um, he was a will-o'-the-wisp, a spirit. He looked at the um, life he was gonna have on this planet. He chose the particular scenario and then found himself in mummy's tummy. Um, so you've got this real sense of, I'm not from here, but I've come to incarnate here. I've got a job to do. And um, I've even created the scenario of my, you know, my family to support me in this. Now, these um, are not just the isolated cases, Lauren. These are, I'm hearing time and time again from these children having not only past life recall, but knowing why they've come and, and their mission for this planet and what they've come to do. Well, that's really fascinating. Can you give us the age when these children were born? Is there a window that you've noticed? What I have noticed is that there's an acceleration of these aware children. It seems mm. like, you know, I'm talking to 70, 80, 85 year olds that have said, I've always felt different having the experience of the new human, but never being able to talk about it at all. It was like right. this, this was a no-no. Um, I talked to a Norwegian lady when I was over there who told me she was 79. And she said, everything you've talked about, she said, is me. I've never been able to talk about it. And she said, I'm a farmer's wife. And I used to call the sheep in with my mind. And she said, but nobody knew how I did it. But I have never, ever been able to explain this to people until I heard your presentation and realized I wasn't the only one. Now, she was 79 years old. But what I am seeing now is more awareness to this and the fact that the children do seem to be an upgrade. And as you notice in the new human, what I mean by the upgrades are the ones that have, have come in with a lot more awareness and a lot more centered about who they are, less afraid of saying this is me. And, and we've got them coming in and uh, with what appears to many because they're so different as dysfunctions. And this is where we talk, you know, about the autist, uh, some forms of autism, Asperger's, um, ADHD, um, dyslexia. My understanding has now been that the reason they're different is they're wired differently. And why are they wired differently? Because they are made to, uh, if you like, not be quite so programmable. Um, because the problem we've experienced on this planet is the programming is so heavy as one nine-year-old in Sweden said to me, going to school, they program you out of your light. Um, and that was the way she described it. And this is exactly what has happened for many of us over the years in our generations. Even if we started being very open and we may have had what they called imaginary friends or we may have had these experiences, but shut down because everybody said, oh, that's just your imagination. Stop talking like that. Um, that's been the mindset and is still the mindset in particularly certain groups of people, the academic groups that, you know, the heavily educated and religious groups 
because many of those within religion are afraid of opening up to this side of themselves because they're told it's evil or the demons, it's, it's the devil worship or whatever. So there's all these different beliefs that shut down the individual from being all that they need, they can be. Okay, it's really fascinating. I want to ask you to talk a little bit more about ADHD and Osbergers, and then we'll go deeper into a Tibetan um, trance state where they allow a being to come in. And I hope we can kind of correlate or talk about that. So the children that come in, um, there was an example, Michael was his name and his parents listened to him actually listened to him and he spoke of all of this where he's from in the stars he's very psychic and they just listened to him and now he's 25 years old and they have a beautiful relationship so that's fascinating that they come in with the the energetics of not fitting in so that they can be in a different framework to do their work isn't that fascinating well, Lauren, it was a, a process for me to understand because one of the, the most important things that your, you know, the listeners need to know is this is intergenerational, that if you've had an experience, then it's most likely some of your siblings, your one or both of your parents, one or both of your grandparents. And when I talk to people and I say, was, you know, anything different about mum or dad or granddad or grandma, and they'd say, oh, Granddad was always into UFOs and was fascinated or something. And I'm thinking, there's the link. Or it may be, oh, Nanny was always a bit psychic. She was a bit weird. She was a bit strange. I think there's your link. Um, but what was fascinating, too, was many of those having experiences would say, oh, I've got a child that, that's got ADHD. Very, very common. Um, and I kept trying to work out why was it that the child or of the, that the, the very aware parent may appear to have a dysfunction, whatever it is, dyslexia or whatever. And the clue, there were many clues, but one of the main ones is when I was talking to Neil Gold, an experiencer in Hong Kong, who wrote the book Close Encounters of the ADHD Kind. And he said to me, Mary, I didn't realize I was ADHD when I was 50-ish. Then I found out that that my experiences all through my life, where I always saw a multidimensional reality, always thought I was a bit strange and weird, realizing that actually I had an ability others didn't have. And he retranslated it into always dialed into higher dimensions. So that was the clue, because the reason these kids struggle in, in pedestrian programming is they're operating on a higher speed, a higher frequency, they get bored very, very quickly. But what do we do? We slow them down so that they can be programmed. And this is actually the opposite of what we should be doing because we can support that, but we don't support it with drugs or any kind of medication because that just shuts them down. Yeah, really amazing. Okay, so the high frequency that they're vibrating at, let's talk about this. There's a documentary out called the Oracle, and it's about the Tibetan teachings and the Tibetan monasteries. Even the Dalai Lama is in this uh, documentary. He allowed cameras to come in and video the Oracle, and the Oracle goes into trance, 
and a new being comes in. And sometimes that being is used to being in the physical body. And other times, if it's an, a, a being that maybe has never been in a physical body, the physical body is distorted. It's high vibrational light that doesn't know how to work the body. What do you think is going on there? Well, in my understanding, that would be called overshadowing, which means that the, um, the frequency or the intelligence that wants to convey information is working as best it can to manifest enough to be able to use the vocal cords and the, um, what is physical to explain who and what it is. Um, and this is actually, you know, not as strange a manifestation as, as, you know, as some people believe. There are many people, many channels that will have that overshadowing experience and that, that energetic experience. And it may, means that often the language is quite different and it's almost like you can see them and not see them at the, at the same time. But it's it literally is the consciousness overshadowing the physical body so it can explain what is going on this is not so weird as people think because many people um, that are opening up multi-dimensionally are connecting to these intelligences anyway clairaudiently or clairsentiently they will be hearing a conversation or they will have a conversation and then they may lead into channeling where they actually will get whole um, sentences for example with that communication i believe all of this is preparing us to become telepathic because these star beings are telepathic. They want us to join them and to join them, we have to go to that higher consciousness so that we can communicate far more fluidly and far more clearly um, telepathically. Okay. Amazing. Uh, on another topic here, light language, people are drawing it, singing it, writing symbols, uh, speaking it, toning it. Uh, this is something, right? Can you share with us what your impression is of it? It's a fascinating one. And when I first came into this, I was just looking at people having experiences, going on board spacecraft, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that I started to notice was after experiences, they would, some of them at least, would start to articulate star languages and, and say, for some reason, I get this amazing feeling and out it all comes. And many of them don't even know where it comes from, but they get this beautiful feeling when, they, when they're articulating it. Some of them have realized that they do it when they do healing, when they're doing energy work, for example, it, it manifests and whatever. But not just that, some of them will start writing symbols or strange scripts um, as part of it. Others will start to do strange artwork um, and they say, and one of them I write about in, in Tracy Taylor that's in my book Awakening as well as The New Human. She said that she will just, she doesn't even go in, doesn't go into trance. She has to be distracted while her hand will do certain drawings, accurate, um, amazing drawings. Some of them she would do in 10 minutes and she'd say, I'll be watching television, but my hand would be, I couldn't interfere with the process. So all of this is a challenge, uh, a, um, a channeled information through art. Others, musicians are doing it where they say this, this, this just comes to me as I settle down. I know it's not me. I'm given the frequencies. So when people say to me, how do you know someone 
is having a real experience. I said, do you not see the evidence is in the changes of that individual after contact because they change their often the way they live, their food. They want to live a more holistic lifestyle. They live they lose interest in materialism. They may start doing strange drawings. They may start coming out with these languages. There is evidence of something real. You don't do this after a hallucination. You don't do that because of imagination. And for me, that is the one thing that frustrates me as a therapist is I know that you don't manifest a whole new way of living in every aspect of your life for a fantasy or hallucination. It only is happening because of something very real, very tangible that's happened to you that has changed you forever. Yes, it's this inner knowing. It's a spiritual remembrance. It's an inner knowing. So then the conversation of ETs absolutely must get spiritual, would you say? And and can you describe, you know, here we are in 3D and the density of 3D and the programmability of 3D and we're moving we're anchored now in 4D and moving and aligning with 5D. And your, your research has shown you that this is why new beings are coming in. So does that give you the greatest hope and optimism? If, if there are people who come and say they're going to be working and cleaning up the earth and the ocean, then that's beautiful. Lauren, it's so important at this moment in our history that we have some hope for the planet, yeah. for ourselves. Everyone who is, is, is geared into seeing what's going on on the planet right now, everything is in chaos. You know, we, we've got people all over the world saying the governments are not doing the right thing. There's corruption. Um, people are really struggling on multi-levels and what have you. So it's very hard to be optimistic. You've got others saying, you know, the world's going to end, you know, um, because of the pollution, et cetera, et cetera. And I can understand from a 3D level how people are frightened um, and, you know, what is the future? I'm a grandmother. I've, you know, I've got five grandchildren. I want my grandchildren to have a future. What I say to people is this, these new souls coming in are coming from all the galaxies, other dimensions. I mean, you, you know, you, you know, I've had the children telling me one child said he's from the ninth dimension, for example. They're coming from other dimensions. They have come in with a mandate to help with the shift to change what's going on on this planet from multi levels, both in, you know, in energetically to one little eight year old telling me that he's come because he communicates with animals. And he's going to help us understand the consciousness of animals, for example. You've got others that are communicating with the trees with, and, and plants, um, even connecting to the very earth itself and communicating and energetically with the earth. So when people say to me, what do you think, Mary? I'm saying, do you think these amazing souls of awareness have come in with, with these mandates for a waste of time? They will know whether it's worthwhile or not. And if they come in, it's because it is and because they know they can make a difference. So as far as I'm concerned, the mere fact we have these amazing souls coming in right now with that awareness means that they are, will certainly be the ones that have come in to help us to sort out what isn't right on the planet, to rebalance this planet. 
and many of them are saying it's going to be something that is in the near future, not, not in the distant future. This is talking about something very much within our lifetime. Um, and that to me is um, very important for people to hang on to when everything looks like it's falling, falling apart. It needs to fall apart before we can rebuild and bring in these new energies, I believe. Yes. And so everyone listening to this who sees this is on that path of bringing forth new earth. It's so beautiful. I know everyone feels that we are part of that uh, group that came here from the stars to really assist. And so here we are just ahead of 2020. I mean, it's already here. We're feeling it. People are really feeling the step up, the call to step up. Um, many are feeling the call to help the, the younger kids, the younger generations, because as we know, they're not going to do it the same. So it really is beautiful as we all hold our vision of new earth and put our energy towards creating solutions. This is where it gets exciting. And I just want to say that because it is so easy to look out there and get frustrated. I see people getting frustrated in grocery stores, getting more frustrated with people rather than cooperation and unity. So we keep, we hold our vision of new earth and, and, you know, there's tools that we use the violet flame and all of that to really help transmute some of this negative energy. But I really think it's fascinating. And I'm so glad that, yes, that gives us so much hope with the new humans who are arriving. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about the new humans, because in your beautiful book here, I mean, just the cover alone, that's like uh, light language in itself in this beautiful book. And it's awakening to our cosmic heritage. We all have this. Um, I want to start with some of the stories where we talk about hybrids. Again, this is um, an elevated human, and it's nothing to be freaked out or scared about, right? Um, absolutely. Um, when people say to me, oh, if there's going to be hybrids and they're different and they've got all these abilities, you know, then they're going to come and take over and what's going to happen to us, uh, you know, the older models, as I call it. And I, I find that for me, my answer to that is, look, we're all hybrids and we have already taken over the planet because we were created as hybrids with the indigenous um, uh, hominids at the time along with at least it's you know um, allegedly we have at least 12 different star families or beings that have, have integrated their DNA with human DNA um, and I go into that in the book as well and the understanding behind that we have dormant DNA that's being activated and this dormant DNA is part of our star heritage so the more we get activated the more we open up to our abilities our awareness and as that frequency rises within us, we're connecting to our Palladian heritage, our Orion heritage, our Actorian heritage, or whatever. What is being activated is that. So we're all hybrids. So this whole business of, are they going to take over? Well, we have done. So let's get that out of the way for a start. What is happening, though, is people are being activated to understand more about their hybrid nature. And some of them, particularly the children and teenagers, will say, look, I know I'm a hybrid. And the reason that they've connected more to that is they may have more of that uh, DNA in them because of their um, assisting their abilities with whatever job it is they've come here to do. 
but it, it just means just like we've got different races on this planet, we've got different souls coming in with more of their Pleiadian awareness or more of their Orion um, awareness. But it, you know, it's bringing in the gifts. So instead of looking at somebody and saying, oh, well, they're different to me because they've got more of this or more of that, saying, what's your gift? Because your gift has, you've brought in to help with this shift. It's something to embrace. I mean, I, I mentioned a, a young woman who um, is a real beautiful soul. And everyone, I can imagine the first shock when I say she knows she's part human, part reptilian. And she told me she was a hybrid. And I worked with her. She's a, U, a lady in the UK. And she said to me, I actually prefer my reptilian side to my human side. And she's a very beautiful looking woman. And I said, well, why? She said, because I have awareness with that, that I'm being very comfortable. She's a healer. She works with um, uh, Eastern medicine, etc. She said it's getting the highest qualities of both and putting them together because what we're doing is all different species are wanting to change. And mm. even those that have a bad rap, um, for example. And the important thing here is, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. What yeah. we have to learn now and understand is all these different species of souls wanting to grow and they've incarnated in various forms for the lessons that they feel are the most useful in that form. It doesn't make them bad because they don't look as pretty or as, um, or as normal as we expect people to look. When, what I say to people is this, when you see a being, go by what you're feeling from then, because I know many people who've had very loving interactions with reptilians. And one of them is a good colleague of mine, friend, and hypnotherapist Barbara Lamb, who told me that she went in her house one day and there was a seven foot reptilian. And she said he embraced me with nothing but love. So we have to be very careful that we're not, um, if you like, influenced by the negativity and the fear on this planet that says all oh, this species are bad and all this species are X, Y and Z. We've got to start learning to trust ourselves and our resonance to whatever being we may see. And getting back to how do you judge the being? Uh, many people can't see the connection between spirituality or metaphysics and ufology. Well, the bottom line is that if you are in a, um, a belief system that believes in Jesus and Mary and angels um, and whatever, you may see an angelic being, whereas someone else will look at that being and see a light being. Just because they're not religious, they don't see it as an angel. They'll just see it as a light being. It is really the lens that we are interpreting our reality that is giving us that understanding. But it's actually often the same, same. A light being is an angel. Angel is a light being. It's all the same. Our orbs uh, are orbs, light beings, and our angels, light beings. Angels are light beings. Are ETs angels? Some of them, Absolutely. Um, one of the interesting things, Lauren, that I discovered about orbs is that's how we travel out of body. When we go out of body, we're a ball of light. And one of the fascinating stories I mentioned is a young lady who told me that when she was on the spacecraft, she was not in her physical human body, but she was in, if you like, a borrowed container, which was a gray Zeta body because she was working as a scientist on board craft. So she said, I'm working, I have a job to do on the craft and I need to be in this container to do this job. And I said, well, how do you get back to your human body? 
And she said, oh, she said, when I've done my task, I leave this container, this Zeta body as a ball of light. And she described it moving over and reanimating her human body. Mm. She was a ball of light. So when we're seeing a lot of these orbs, some of them at least are souls out of body. And this is when we, one of the things that goes with you, you, you having an experience, um, an ET experience, for example, is 25% of it is physical. 75% is non-physical. You are out of body going on craft often. You are out of body when you're being taken somewhere or going somewhere. So we have to understand that's why it's been so difficult for people to qualify it in the same way, because it's actually more non-physical in consciousness than it is in when we're in our physical container. Wow, that's fascinating. All right. So from your research, what about when we sleep at night? May not mo- The majority of people may not even be aware that this is going on. Absolutely. They may come to me and they might be in their 20s or the 30s and they may describe they've seen a UFO and say, yes, yeah, it's quite amazing. I've seen this UFO. Mm-hmm. Not realizing Lauren, that in fact something may have happened when they were looking at this UFO because they can be picked up. They can have a download of information. So I usually say to them, if you've had uh, if seen, you've seen a UFO, did you feel different afterwards? in some way and they'll say mm, well I got more interested in this or I got more interested mm-hmm. in that <laughs> if I take them into a trance state and into an experience where they've had maybe missing time where it's been obvious something's happened they may see themselves having an experience on board craft and I will get them to look at the beings and talk to one of them and I will get them I'll say is any of those beings that you're seeing now looking familiar to you And they'll go, oh, that one over there looks familiar. Okay, well, that tells me they know this particular being. And then I'll say, well, ask the being how many times they've picked you up. And they'll reel off two, five, seven, you know, 10, da, 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 da. And they'll then be shocked that they've just reeled it off because the other part of them has just come in and, and given them this has been something that's been going on, but you just haven't been aware of it up to now. Isn't that fascinating? It is. So anybody who's seen a, new, a UFO, right? And and it could be in dreams. And I've had that too, where we're on. I'm on a spaceship, and my husband's the captain, and he's teaching me how to fly it. Yeah. So we have to pay attention to these things. They're not just dreams. The, in my questionnaire, I have one on: Do you dream of being on spacecraft and whatever? Because there are dreams, and there are dreams, and the dreams. Mm-hmm stay with you and this is the whole point is I've had this dream and it stayed with me for 20 years where I was on a spacecraft and this and this and this was happening I said if it stayed with you 20 years it is not a dream because the average dream as we wake up within seconds it's gone it you know we've forgotten oh it was a good dream but I've forgotten even as you're trying to go back and remember it but if it's a dream that stayed with you then it's not a dream. It's just that you've been in an altered state when you had it. And so we're inclined to immediately interpret it as not valid because we were not in a conscious state. But believe me, if it's been something that you've remembered over a number of years, then I could say almost absolutely that that is something you need to take notice of. 
All right. Well, it's interesting because after I had our experience, it was funny. My son was with us too, and he was not even interested in it. And my husband and I, in my body, my knees went weak. Um, that was some fear that was moving out. And we watched it for like 45 minutes. And at the time when it appeared to us, it was actually 10 years ago in 2009. And um, yeah, my life actually did change right after that. It's quite amazing. I've written about it. Um, and I did have new interests and, and um, yeah, it's just amazing. It's too much to go into, but I do see it. And I, I had other dreams as well that continued to clear out fear because there was fear of seeing UFOs. And so now there's nothing. So I think that's also programmed within us in society to feel, I mean, obviously look at our, the movies that depict alien invasion and catastrophe. So I think it was moving out that on a visceral level from my body. Amazing. But what also with that fear is confirmation that you saw what you saw and you, something else happened. Because if it was just seeing the craft, that wouldn't have brought up all that fear. Oh, how interesting. That's a bit weird. Da, 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 da. But if there's fear attached to it, it's because part of you is remembering something. Mm. So that to me is a huge indicator that more happened than you just what you actually just saw. Okay, so go deeper, dig a little deeper. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. I know questions are coming up about the DNA and the starseed DNA and the star DNA within us. And I'm thinking one day it'll be beautiful for science and technology to catch up and actually uh, make us aware of this DNA. So the question would be, how do we activate this DNA is it activating whether we know it or not? And how do we identify those gifts, right? Common questions. Actually putting together a PowerPoint, which um, is, is for uh, an expo I'm doing in LA um, in February, which is set up to activate DNA. And what it is, is a combat. You know, when you said with the book, there's a sense that there's something going on when you pick up the book. It's all frequencies. Um, the frequencies are in the book. Um, there are things there that are activating. What is also activating is the star languages, the scripts, the artwork, um, the music. When I, I actually play a 10-year-old um, a who's, who's given the music, this being comes in when he's playing the piano. And one of them is, is about activating DNA. And I actually play that. So I've put together a whole range of artwork, scripts, language, start, you know, the, the, whole, the whole thing as explaining these are all ways of activating DNA. Also, um, depending on your awareness will depend on how much that activate, activates you. Symbols, they're activating you. Artworks, that's activating you. It's on all your senses that you're being activated. And the interesting thing is that I mentioned a medical doctor who is doing that now after she had an activation in India and she acts now like she calls herself a shamanic MD. And uh, when people come to see her, she is basically saying your head's not going to understand it, but your heart will. And she's activating uh, DNA, 
um, and this is a medical doctor that has gone into a side where her, you know her former husband thinks now that she's she's gone crazy <laughs> so she's been dealing with that but the bottom line is that she understands all about the frequency so I'm talking about frequency and yeah. all of this is frequency so when I when I have noticed and I'll I tell a story of a gentleman who is a hypnotherapist himself who we happened to connect in Nevada and he, he wrote to me after we, we got back because he'd seen my presentation. He says, Mary, I don't know whether it was your presentation or it was the awful Chinese that we ate. He said, but I got up one night and all of a sudden I'm having to do this artwork. And he said, and, he, 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 and it's almost similar to Aboriginal artwork. And he said, and it's, I've never done anything like this in my life before. And, he's, he's, and it was, well, I could see beings in, in the picture because I said you do realize there's beings there don't you and what have you and he, he said and after reading the book it all happened exponentially he was he said because whatever it was that that was held what I'm reading he said is doing the same thing so it's all frequency everything whether you're writing down this information the conversation talking about it all of this is a frequency that those already are being activated with and you hold it in your energy field. This is what I said to people. So people said, well, how, how does it get spread? And I, it's, I said, it's almost like a multidimensional virus. I said, once it's in your energy field, wherever you are, you are affecting those around you because it's in your field. It's the codes, it's the frequencies. You carry it with you wherever you go, whether it's a supermarket or you're flying on an aircraft or whatever, anyone that is, in your energy field is going to pick up those frequencies. So how does it activate everyone? It activates it like that. Okay, again, this brings such hope and optimism and tells us why so many light workers and grid keepers are walking the earth and taking um, ceremony at specific sites because, or, or not, just going through with their body and changing the frequency of the store, of the place, wherever they go. So I know a lot of empathics are, they can feel other people's energy because of that, but this is a key thing to remember uh, and distinguish and, and, be, and, and allows us to, to flip it. Instead of feeling the chaos out there, or instead of feeling how people are being not so kind to one another, we can simply come back to that feeling in that frequency of love and walk through that space and trust and know that it is shifting. So that's very, very hopeful. I love it. I do love it. So would you say that love activates DNA and it's dormant DNA? It's the star lineage DNA is this dormant, which used to be called junk DNA. That's exactly right. I mean, as we raise our frequency and that means we leave behind you know, fear, guilt, shame, all those kinds of things, we leave behind ego, then your, rise, your, your frequency is rising. And that's when you are then able to be um, lifted with the frequency of this, um, this love frequency, compassion, caring, empathy, all those are the high frequencies. When people say to me, um, you know, uh, I've been looking at all this conspiratorial stuff and it's all so dark and it's all so scary. I said, mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're focusing 
on these lower frequencies, which are actually pulling down your awareness and your understanding and, and your, your really, it's almost like getting a metaphysical mallet and hitting yourself over the head. So for goodness sake, be informed, but don't bathe in it. Don't allow yes. your focus to be so involved with what's going wrong that you, you forget to see what's going right. Um, yes. and, and this is, this is really important as you want to raise your frequency because otherwise you're going to just lose that, that, um, that balance that you need to transcend all the fear-based stuff, all the scary stuff, because a lot of it is an illusion. Yes. It is it's what we're focusing in on because we're allowing our fears to control us. And, you know, the mod, the mod, what I call the, the UFO experience is the modern day shamanic wake up call. Because what it means is, like the shaman, we have to transcend our fear, human fears as a shaman to operate in a multidimensional world. It's exactly the same with this, with, with the people that are afraid of what they're experiencing. We have to transcend that and realize we're part of them. They're part of us. Their job is to get us to wake up. And that sometimes means leaving behind all those old limits and fears that we have that something's out to get us when we've come here as a soul we've brought the tools with us to deal with anything that we experience here because there would be no point otherwise you know it would be illogical for a soul to say well i'm going to dive in that planet and i'm going to do this but uh, unfortunately i'm not going to be able to handle it because i don't i'm not going to have the tools of course not you're coming in with everything you need to deal with this, you just have to believe it rather than disbelieve. And they and this planet wants you to believe that you can't do anything, that you're useless, that you need other people, that you've always got to rely on someone else. Someone else knows more than you because you've got to have a PhD or you've got a rubbish. <laughs> it's absolute rubbish. So stop buying into the, this deliberate program to uh, disempower you. And yes. take on the fact that you as a soul know exactly why you've come here and you've got the tools to do what you've come here to do. Yes, and that's why I love the hypnotherapy because the information that comes through, um, one can hear the higher self, one, one can hear the multidimensional self. And once you hear that, it is a no-nonsense, confident voice that we've, we come to understand has been there all along. And that really is the key for us to go so deep with inside ourselves that we know how to listen to that voice. Would you say that the younger kids coming in, they're already wired that way? They hear that voice and they're certainly speaking it. So as adults and parents and, and teachers of these kids, it's our best uh, behavior to really nurture that and allow it to come forth without, you know, criticizing it and shutting it off. So You're absolutely right, Lauren. Um, one of the things that has been happening because I'm dealing more with families and children is the parents will say, my daughter or my son is talking about their, their, you know, their special friends that come and help them and what have you. And they, they say to me, what can we do to support that, to help them still feel confident in their, awareness and i'm saying first of all listen um hear them and let them know that it's okay you know i, I was talking to a 12 year old who 
was telling me that she's when she's in the school, she's got this little being here. And when the teacher's talking and mentioning certain information, the being's saying, that's not accurate, take no notice of that. This is all you need to know about X, Y, and Z. And I said to her, so do you ever talk to your school friends about this? She said, oh no, because they wouldn't understand. Um, but she had enough understanding herself to know that what she was getting from this being was far more accurate and truthful than what she was hearing. Another 13 year old explained to me that she was struggling because she was telepathic. And she said, what the, what the teacher was saying um, and it was quite different to what the teacher was thinking and what the teacher was thinking wasn't very nice. So I'm telling educators now you have got to be aware that you've got another kind of human coming into your class and they can work you out. They can hear and see and know whether or not you are authentic and you're coming from integrity. So just be aware that this is what's going on because it's, it's going to happen more and more and it's going to be very confronting. When I spoke to a, a lady, um, she had a three-year-old little girl and she said to me, Mary, my biggest problem is with my child, my little girl, when she was little and right up to now, she's telepathic. She, you know, anyone coming, she, she will tell me what's going on with them. And she said, my biggest problem, she said, is you now three years of this, is she said, I have to keep watching my thoughts. And she said, and it's so tiring mm -hmm. because I have to be aware that she's picking it up. So we're really going to have to look at ourselves and it's not just the words we speak. It's our actions, and we have got to come from all, from that authenticity now. So it's asking us all to clean up our act. Yes, and that is the shift into new earth. We have that transparency where integrity is key and, and being aware of our feelings and how that affects other people. And again, like you said, even beyond the words that we use, um, I know we're feeling right now, a sensitivity to words and moving away from the old words. And so this is really key. New earth is an integrity and the young kids are bringing it. So that is wonderful. Again, another optimistic viewpoint as we can see eventually we'll start seeing new systems. We'll start seeing what I like to call humane systems where we care for others. So again, it's very optimistic. I love it. I think it's really important to, to, you know, for people to get this and to get the hope behind it mm -hmm. because of what's going on on the planet and how much fear is being thrown at us from every level through our health, through, you know, what's happening to the planet, to what we're seeing with the corruption um, across the planet, those that are in, you know, these, these positions of power, how they're abusing that and abusing the land and, and really the whole focus being on, on money and power and greed, as this is what we should all herald and say, oh, you know, I wish I'm the one that's got the new car or the new yacht or whatever, realizing that that is programming us into that old energy of lack and mm. of need um, and not realizing what actually is important, why you here, what's life about. It certainly isn't just seeing how many cars you can get together and houses before you die, because there's no pockets in a shroud, by the way. So <laughs> you can't take it with you. 
Um, and realizing what really matters. And, and this is really what, what this is highlighting to us. Do you want that for the rest of your existence or do you want it to change? And, you know, we really are the ones we're waiting for. So it really is up to us. Yes, it's up to us. And more and more people are remembering that. And it's so beautiful. All right. Uh, you mentioned that symbols and artwork and music, it all brings through this beautiful frequency. And then you said someone uh, is even communicating with the plants more. This is what's really fascinating. Um, plant music, there's a plant music machine. And it feels like that the music of the plants actually activates our DNA. Do you think that that's possible from what you've heard in your research? I think it's absolutely possible. I'll, I'll tell you about a little video I, I was sent by a little six. It was a six year old boy holding a meteorite. Oh. And he talked about the fact that the meteorite was telling him about its journey and where it landed and what it felt, etc., etc. And his mother said to him, how do you know what the meteorite is saying? How, how do you experience it? And he said, I hear it talking to me in my mind. Now, that is another level to being realizing consciousness is part of everything that no matter what we see as solid is actually just a frequency just energy none of us are solid including even things like we see the crystals as i explained what was beautiful about seeing this video of the crystal um and you could see through the software this light coming out of the crystal and as the cat comes in the room the light goes back into the crystal again. If you want to know that crystals have a, a, a sentience, then there is the evidence of it through the software, for example. So when people say, you know, that I feel this from a crystal or whatever, we've got to start listening to that because it's telling us more about our reality. There's no doubt that we found out that plants operate and, and can pick up emotions and there's been books about how um, one gentleman put a lie detector um, clip on some plants and then had various um, I, th I think it's called the secret language of plants yeah. and he sent it first um, loving messages and then scary messages um, I'm going to pluck you I'm going to harm you and the lie detector started to show this reaction by the plant oh he's going to harm me or whatever why is there a problem with understanding that everything is sentient? And it's, it's what the indigenous peoples already know. They talk about it because they already are tuned in to the land, to the plants, to the animals, to everything. And they're saying everything is connected. And this is what the children know. They already know it's all connected. Like this eight-year-old that was telling me he can communicate with animals. You know, um, look at the numbers of people now that are saying, I can talk to animals, I, you know, and we've got many people, you know, the animal whisperers, the horse whisperers and whatever. Yeah. What do you think is going on? You're on the same frequency uh, of that particular uh, intelligence, whether it's an animal or a plant. And interestingly, I was talking to a little boy who explained to me that he was around as a human at the time of the dinosaurs. But then he said, I incarnated once as a hare, which is, you know, not the rabbit, but the bigger bigger kind of rabbit, the hare. He said, I've been a hare as well, he said. So he was talking about knowing that he'd been incarnate at some point as an animal. What's the problem with that? 
how do we know we haven't been incarnated in all sorts of creatures? And I did a regression once with a gentleman um, and he went back to the time of Atlantis. And I said, so where are you? And he said, I'm in the water. I'm a dolphin. Mm. His experience of Atlantis was as a dolphin yeah. and not as a human. What's the problem with that? You know, why is that a problem? <laughs> and it's inner knowing we know what we know right and so um even outside of hypnotherapy if we pick up a book and we're moved to tears or something and or we just have to go somewhere because we feel that resonance like you said earlier and sometimes even the opposite if we have an aversion against something that is remembering a past life and that's what we know, what we know, what we know within us. So we could call it imagination, but it's different. Back to what's the difference between imagination and a, a knowing or a sensing or a reality that you've experienced. And when I take people into a hypnosis, this is how I explain it. Because everyone wants to say, say to me, oh, well, how do I know it's not going to be my imagination? Or apart from the fact that usually they can't imagine some of the incredible things that come through. And I say, it's like this. I, if you, if I said to you, recall your bedroom immediately in your mind's eye because it's a reality, you'll see where the bed is, you'll know where the window is, you'll know what the color of the curtains are because that's your bedroom, it's a reality. If I said to you, create a bedroom, you'd start thinking, well, where would the bed be? How big would the room be? What color would the walls be? Where would, would I have one or two windows? It's a completely different way of going into that experience so I'm saying to them when I take them into hypnosis the first thing that comes up without thought is the the proper info the information and that goes with even if you're tapping into your your team your non-physical team the you know your spirit guides or your angels or whatever when the information comes in without thought then you can be pretty certain that it isn't your thinking and I said, and the interesting thing is that with left brain, you think before you speak. Right brain, you speak before you think. So you're shutting down the thinking side because as soon as you bring in your thinking, you're altering the information. You're compromising. I call it coloring the information. So if somebody wants to know, I'll say to them, I bet you've all had insight where suddenly some inspiration, oh, they'll, you'll get something and you'll think, oh, that's pretty great. That where did that come from or whatever? You know, we call it inspiration or whatever. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, that's your team. <laughs> you know, they're saying, we're going to give this to her. She's going to think it's her, but it's just <laughs> going to appear. And it may be suddenly, you know, you're looking at a particular place and, you you know, it might be a postcard of a country or whatever, and you've got this overwhelming emotion to that particular place. Yeah. Why do you think you have that? You have that because... You're recognizing that that's a place that in some is connected to you. I always say to people, part of the past life side of things is if you've got a country, you're particularly, I've got to go to India. I've got this feeling I've always got to go to India. Why do you think you have that against Russia or Alaska or something? That If you've got something that really um, inspires you in some way that you can't even understand the motivation. It's usually because you've got a memory of that. You've got a, that's very likely where you spent a past life or something or other. Listen to it. Listen to that knowing. Listen to that sense because it's telling you something. 
is actually explaining something to you about who you are. Mm. We're so good at dismissing all these insights, these feelings, these knowings, these senses. It's all multidimensional information. Mm. Start putting the pieces together because it's actually telling you something. So many of us are afraid to do it because we oh, we're getting carried away now. Get carried away. Get carried <laughs> away. And just see where it takes you because you might be really surprised. Yes, I love that. Okay, so we just uh, lean into it a little bit and it's the first thing that comes up and we allow it to flow. Uh, and so then what do you think about the negative um, responses? The, the negative is exactly the same thing. Uh, I've got a real draw to China, but I haven't for India. I have no desire particularly to go to India. Why? I can't tell you. Um, you know, I've watched things about India and whatever. But and I've cried. Way. I've cried deeply. Well, it's, it is absolutely telling you something. And mm-hmm. I say to people, go into that if you, you know, explore it. Yeah. Find out why that is. You know, some people will say to me, because I live in Australia, I've got this real connection to you know, the, the Lake District in England, and I've got no real idea why that is. Well, I'll say, well, I can tell you why it is, is because you're remembering something about some life that you had there if you want to go into that or whatever. So we are getting all this insight that a lot of the time we're not listening to because we're afraid that if we do, are oh, we going to go a bit crazy or people are going to think we're crazy. For goodness sake, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's what you think that matters and your reality is unique to you. We always rely on others to tell us we're okay, that this is the way reality is. Nobody knows what reality is. I don't care if you've got 15 PhDs. You still don't know any more than I do. You may think you do, but the bottom line is you don't because none of us do. And this is why there's this problem about people having an acceptance of themselves because they're always looking for someone else to tell them it's okay. Well, how about you tell yourself it's okay and start exploring your reality and your experience openly without the fear that something's going to go wrong. Cause actually you'll probably find it's lots of fun. It's incredibly fun. And we're having so much fun in this conversation. I want to ask you, are you going in um, February? Is that the conscious life expo? Yes, I've been invited to speak there. So I'm Excellent. Um, a presentation, first of all, about the new human and the hybrids. But the second one will be all the ways we're activated. So I've got a, um, I've got already a plan in how, um, and I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Lauren, it's, it's almost as a joke. I have said at some um, presentations that I'm taking no responsibility for what happens after this presentation. It's an activation in itself. um, (laughs) So if you don't want anything to happen, leave now, because I'm not taking any responsibility (laughs) what's going to happen when you leave here. And I do that as a joke because I know that in that audience, there's going to be a lot of people that will pick up the frequencies that I'm showing. And that's part of it. You're doing this beautiful um, interview right now because, again, within this and what you're saying, And what we're both saying is uh, a frequency that it will be for some absolutely profound and and activating because this is how it's going. It's coming through the voice as well as everything else. Beautiful. All right. So happy activating everyone and welcome to your new earth humanness. Time to step into our roles fully and completely. 
everyone is invited to a very special Mastery Empowerment course with Mary Rodwell. Open and activate your multidimensional awareness. This is to increase your awareness. This is the inner knowing, that which you know within yourself. It is tuning into yourself so deeply and activating your DNA. Take this journey of love with us in this Mastery Empowerment course, either live or replay and audio download. This is a two-part series where the first session is live Zoom training with Mary Rodwell joining us from Australia. Recordings of this is available after the event. And session two will take place the following day, broadcasting Mary's award-winning documentaries. These videos will be available streaming online for only 48 hours after the event. Join us in this live event with movie viewing in session two. You'll be able to chat with others and share your experience in our community. Visit AcousticHealth.com and check out online courses. A link to this course is also available on this webpage. Okay, well, I wanted to share with you, we've interviewed walk-ins on this program and galactic walk-ins, totally fascinating. They remember, um, actually, the, the, the one person in particular remembers nothing about math, but when when she came into the new body, studied it in a way, and she does it through shapes and colors and now is able to explain it on a quantum level. And she is a galactic walk-in. Have you had other experiences of galactic walk-ins and walk-ins in general? I actually mention that is another way that these intelligences are coming in to help the planet as walk-ins. So they don't want to start as a baby. Um, right? One I, I've mentioned is a lady that um, the previous soul um, had an autoimmune disease and she was sent literally home to die. Um, mm. And light beings visited her and for a while she, she, was, she was healed and what have you. But at some point um, she ended up having several near-death experiences towards uh, after her last pregnancy. And the being that's in, in there now in this physical body comes from, she says, her understanding is the 13th dimension. And she said, we're not physical. We are, we are just consciousness. But we have, to do, we have come in or I have come in into this physical body to help you to be, uh, to help humanity to understand what's going on. And this is less confronting because you can see a form. Um, whereas we're, we're just um, consciousness otherwise. And she's literally, she's got four children. Two of them are, are particularly interesting and different. And she said that that's her mandate, is to teach now um, more of what we need to know for this change. Now, I know for a fact she's not the only one. We, we've got them coming in in that form as walk-ins, as well as you know, being born into a, a, a higher frequency body as well. But this is becoming more and more 
common as a pattern. And she's very, she's a, a lovely, um, very uh, quiet, um, beautiful, uh, what can I call, unassuming lady. But she works with the frequencies. And I'm actually showing a bit of a clip of her doing healing with star language and what have you as well. Wow. So this is this is what's going on. And it's going on across the globe. And even talking about hybrids, I'm, I'm going to be bringing in a story from Brazil because I was in Brazil because my book, The New Humans, in Portuguese now. And when I was there, I met a former air hostess whose whole family um, are having experiences and she's become aware with her husband that her six-year-old daughter is a hybrid, um, but also she's seen her hybrid children on board craft. Um, so, we're, but, so we're getting that going on where her six-year-old daughter is, um, she's seen her playing with her hybrid sister on board craft. And also um, I'm hoping to get some information on another young man who also knows he's a hybrid, a Brazilian young man who's going to tell me more about his understanding of himself. So this is going to be more and more of the conversation in, yeah. in our next few years. You know, get used to it, guys. Get used to it. <laughs> get used to it. We are making it normal. You are making it normal. The stories, the experiences are making it normal. And it's so promising. It really is because, you know, you at the Conscious Life Expo, uh, you're bringing spirituality to that conversation, and that's where it needs to go. Uh, like you said, it's a frequency. No more fear. Um, if we come across programs that may intrigue us but have fear, we're going to move away from them. And and we come back and stand in ourselves fully. And with this love frequency and the knowing that we have, that's really the role. And and to follow the joy, right? The key to really DNA activation is is joy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You have done such an amazing job and you continue to do it. You are a pioneer in this realm and a bridge to so many. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As we say goodbye, is there a closing message you'd like to offer? Well, my closing message first is a thank you, Lauren, for the, the wonderful work that you're doing, because without what you're doing, I can't do what I'm doing. You help individuals like me to put out the information as well as your own wisdom. So I want to thank you for what you're doing. But I also want to say to your listeners is one of the things that a nine-year-old told me was this. She said, human beings are so amazing. They have no idea how amazing they are, but they've got to believe it first. I'll leave it with that. Believe. Awesome. Mary Rodwell, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this quantum conversation. Thanks. Join Mary Rodwell in a Mastery Empowerment course. Open and activate your multidimensional awareness. This course is recorded so you can join us live or by downloadable replay. Learn how to open and activate multidimensional awareness. Visit AcousticHealth.com and search for Mary Rodwell. Or visit the link on this web page. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. And this is a special video presentation of plant music. 
It's a plant music remedy to heal the pain of environmental disrespect. Anytime you've ever felt sad, this is a time to use the alchemy of plant music to transform it. Enjoy. I heard the chainsaws and my heart sank. In the fall, as trees hibernate for the winter, the sound of chainsaws is prevalent. Sometimes entire trees, healthy trees, are taken down. As I looked out my window, following the sound of the chainsaws, I saw my neighbor's weeping willow tree, a beautiful, majestic, long-limbed tree whose tendrils were reaching towards the earth. I saw as its long branches were cut back as if getting a crew cut haircut. I dreamt of this tree all night as it was home to wildlife and living beings who cherished the undercover of this giant canopy which now seemed naked and raw. So I turned on the plant music machine, hooked it up to an elephant leaf plant, and this is the healing music that ameliorated this pain. This is a song dedicated to healing the despair and pain of environmental disrespect. Thank you. 
quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart as we raise our own vibration 
we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.